Hey, we got a dead girl here. Hey, shut up. Two guys in masks. There they go. What the fuck is going on? Oh, this is bad, Perry. We got to go. We got to roll out of here before the cops come. Come on, Nick. We go right to the cops. Oh, exactly. To the cops who have no trouble believing that she broke her neck before you shot her in the head. What? Come on, we gotta go. Oh, God. You gotta go. Oh, God. Go, go, go. Oh, God. All right, we're at it. Gotta go, go, go. Okay. Where's my gun? I, uh, no, I, uh. Give me my gun. No, I, I, I got rid of it. Say again? Yeah, I threw it in the lake because I figured you wouldn't, I would. I got priors in New York, so I really can't, I can't be messing around. You with threw it. it away? Yeah, plus it's evidence. You what? Watch it. Okay, relax. okay, oh no, I'm sorry. I, I got a little not plus there. Okay, hey, this cool. is crazy. I understand. No, Just relax. Whoa, what is that? Is that a, is that a clue? What do you mean? Do you see that? In the thing? Can you, ow! What were you thinking? My $2,000 ceramic vector my mother got me as a special gift? You threw in the lake next to the car. What happens when they drag the lake? You think they'll find my pistol? Jesus. Look up idiot in the dictionary. You know what you'll find? A picture of me? No! The definition of the word idiot, which you fucking are. Michael Govier, Travis Roy, Eric Branstrom. It's the official 87th? Uh, sure. Six? 88? That vicinity. Uh, I don't, you always make those th- those little poster things, so I always f- assume you're in touch with what the latest episode number is. I didn't make the last ones, so I forget. I think we're on 87. That's, yeah, 87. I think, all right, cool. 87th episode of the Cinema 9 Podcast, and today's episode will focus on the main event. Does it hold up? 2005's Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show of course and give it its fair due we guarantee that on the show Cinema 9 Pod at ProtonMail.com if you want to hit us up with an email five star review on Apple Podcasts that would be so cool it's the holiday season it's a time to give give us a five star review and we will in return continue to do awesome really productive shows week to week and Travis Roy, as we are in the holiday season now, some people are depressed by it, and we should remember that. You know, not everybody's having a happy-go-lucky free-for-all, but uh, how are you holding up at this point? I mean, isn't that true of any given time and place? That no, not, not no, everyone's having a happy-go-lucky no. free-for-all. I feel like, I mean, I feel like trying to make special concessions for people that hate hate holidays. <laughs> like, like I'm sorry. 
but shut the fuck up for like a couple of months. We're going to decorate. We're going to put things up. You don't have to partake if you're not into it. That's fine. But don't don't come and poo-poo on my parade. No poo-poo on your parade. That's fair. I respect that. By the way, uh, I love these people who do these comments before we even do the show. This is from 4.22 p.m. today. Miles Miles V says, love this movie. No pressure. Yeah. But it doesn't mean he's going to make it here for the show. But the good news is you don't have to make it here for the live streams. You can watch this episode anytime you want on our YouTube channel. Click sub, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Whenever we go live, it'll notify you. You have to do no work other than clicking the button. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And this seems like a good time also to, to send a shout out of thanks to Warren Ranstrom. Who <laughs> yeah, Ran, Ran, Ranstrom. Uh, is this a coincidence? This happens to rhyme with one of our hosts last night. Give me I'm back sure, my son. Sure, that's not a relative. Rand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but thank you for the uh, kind words and the review on uh, on on Apple Podcasts. That is a oh. always appreciated thing. Uh, you know, and if you don't want to take the time to write a review, that's okay. Just click the little five thing, you know, and we'll call it a day. All right, there's our plug. Oh. Thank you. Yay! Oh, that sounds so nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. Good times. I appreciate that. Thank you, Warren. Uh, Eric Branch from Griffith, Indiana. You're on the air. I still haven't put my Christmas lights on on the outside, and I'm. I think I might just skip it this year. Like it's a fuck. I got to get the ladder out and like. I gotta like go to Menards or some shit. I, I don't know if I can handle that right now. Menards. What should I do? I don't want to go to Menards. Money at Menards. I decorate nice in. People. I decorate inside my house so much that people driving by can kind of see it through the windows. So I'm gonna call that. That's me decorating outside. I don't. I don't. Right. I'm not gonna like get up on my roof. I'm not gonna like. I don't know. Like, there's no, there's no plugs outdoors. Like, where the fuck is this stuff coming from? Like, I don't understand. I, I am not a handy person. If you know me, you know that. Shocking. That is yeah, shocking. I don't believe I'm, it. Yeah. Well, I could, but I can string some lights around my living room and sit down on my couch and enjoy it. And that's nice. True. You can. You can make it a home for yourself, and that's all you can ask for. Sometimes, I really enjoy that. Thank you, Travis. I hope you guys had a You're great welcome. Hanukkah. By the way, Hanukkah's over. Uh, it was one of the best Hanukkahs yet. I gotta tell you. Great man, happy Hanukkah! I'm, I'm happy <laughs> that you enjoyed it. Happy what did you do? Or Indian friends? Uh, it was just like living everyday life for the oh. most part. <laughs> okay. Nothing in particular. Yeah, you know, it's eight <laughs> days. What are you supposed to do? Eight days every day? You're supposed to do something? The only highlight that I remember from childhood was yeah, getting a box from my Jewish grandparents. They would always send a big ass Hanukkah box filled with dreidels and the chocolate coins that are common for the. A holiday, and that's pretty much it. So, and he'd call me on the phone and be like, "Hey, are you enjoying your box, Michael?" <laughs> yes, box grandfather. <laughs> yeah, the box. We've really put it to use. So, <laughs> that's it. Hanukkah's over. It's done. We'll see you in 2022. But uh, as far as Christmas, maybe you've been watching some Christmas films recently, Travis. As we move into quarantine Ooh. viewing picks, what's going on? Um, I actually didn't watch any christmas movies this week i'm ashamed of myself i guess <gasps> unless you count kiss kiss bang bang which i feel like is a tangentially christmas movie you know it's not like yeah it's one of those like it's um, just there like iron man 3 right um so uh shane black did that one as well anyway uh-huh. so uh you know we we uh talked la- recently about when we had our, uh, our our new friend Daryl Eds from the Cage Rage podcast on, it was my turn to be on his 
podcast. Oh. So check me out on uh, his upcoming episode where we review 2017's Arsenal, which is not a uh, you know not a movie right. anyone's going to watch, let alone like get into <laughs> a uh, podcast episode on, it, unless you are a hardcore Nicolas Cage fan. So we really just nerded out and uh, just just celebrated the man in his in, in this film, which is not a great film unless you are. A Nick Cage fan, in which case it is. Um, so watch that again. Uh, Eric, I watched uh, Get Back from uh, okay. Peter Jackson. Oh, yeah. Right. He's strapped in. Woo. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I wasn't quite like you where I was like, you know, wanting it to never end. I did. There was moments where I'm like, okay, this is this is going on for a minute. But I really respect that they could have easily made this a two hour movie uh, and instead like went for the whole thing, like gave us like all this time with them and like, really like you're invested in this whole process. And, um, I, it, like it demystifies them, even as it makes you gain respect for their process and their talent, mm. which I think is a really interesting and, and amazing thing to do. It puts to rest a lot of important, uh, kind of debates and, and uh, accusations people have made about their end days and it celebrates those end days instead of mourns them it's it's really 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 well done i really enjoyed it um i, I loved it it was great that's awesome wow yeah I, I started it up for a minute but i only got about a half hour in i got a long way to go still it's long but like that's what i love about it like um if you're gonna get wet you might as well go swimming and like it's the minutiae and it's the little things that wouldn't be in a two-hour documentary that I'm remembering most about it. So, yeah. God, I fucking loved it. Yeah, yeah. I really um, I, I made it my whole my whole weekend, you know. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know. It's, I mean, like, it's just – and, I it, like, I'm someone that, like, I, I knew just enough about their mythology to, like, understand – like, the con- understand the context of what was happening. But there was also so much about it that was entirely Ew! new to me. What's going All on, right. bud? Now that a bug just showed up in my life. It's really cold out. I don't know why there'd be bugs uh, anywhere ever. It turns out it's a ladybug, but it was expanded, so it looked a lot grosser when they're when they're not all shelled up. It would freak me out. But okay, so ladybug, kind of a beetle. You're barely alive. Why are, are you lady doing bugs here? Beetles? I think so. I haven't yeah. put them in that category. Um, that is weird. I only watched. Yeah, I, only watched uh, I only watched one other movie. Um, oh. I, I watched the, the the Power of the Dog. Damn, you did it. Yeah. Um, I have mixed feelings about it. Uh, at one point, I'm like, man, this movie's really trying to be uh, some have some major like there will be blood vibes. And then I realized that Johnny Greenwood was doing the music. I'm like, that explains a lot. Uh, and and then the time and place is is similar. Benedict, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch does really really good work here. But like, I was I was definitely kind of like bored i think for for a good chunk of it but by the end of the film i was like yes this is this is awesome like i it like i, I definitely like it took me on a bit of a ride i was like not as into it and then but by the end i was really happy with the film um and that's it that's all i watched this week it's it was a busy week what about you eric did you uh get into anything this week yeah um i caught up on a lot of documentaries that i've been wanting to see recently um cocaine cowboys uh is jesus christ when it comes fantastic to like, yeah when it comes to like the whole miami coke smuggling the, that whole <laughs> era this is the this is the bottom line it it's so potent and relentless it 
it gives you so much information. But the weird part is like the documentary is like really like cheap and like kind of poorly <laughs> made, but it is so encyclopedic in its content that you have to admire it. Uh, it's just, it's mind blowing told straight from the, the people that were there at the top, the top dogs. So yeah, I dug the film. Did you watch yeah, that? Really your, good. Did you watch that with your infant daughter? Yeah. <laughs> is she a cocaine cowboy? Is she into that shit? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, fun. <laughs> it's a great documentary. I strongly recommend it, Eric. Good call. Yeah, man. Um, behind the sightings. <laughs> this is a doc. Uh, it's, it's not really a doc. It's one of those like fake docs from a few years back. It examines, well, for the first chunk of it, the remember that string of like clown sightings? Yeah, they're like they're, they're those that were going around. Like it, it examines that for a little bit. Like, what the fuck was going on? Like, was this orchestrated? Uh, but then it does this really dumb thing where it tries to turn into a found footage film of like no. the scariest encounters, but they're not real. So I was like, what the fuck, man? I'll sit here for two hours if you just examine these sightings and we get into it. And did they ever find out who who that was? Right. But this was a misfire, unfortunately. Uh, check it out mm. for yourself. Uh, oh, thank you. The, the really good documentary that I liked was. Yeah. Whoa, she, she loves it. Passionate. Yeah. Very passionate. Jesus Camp. Yeah, Jesus Camp 2006. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, I, it, it was really good. Like, really brief look at evangelical culture uh, and how it affects children. Uh, I I love the way they make this. They made this because they didn't really, um, they, they didn't try to persuade you or swing you one way or another. They just portrayed this, this this small group of people and what they do in kind of a you know clinical way, but it's very observant. And I loved it. I took away just so much stuff about uh, this culture and how it's really, in my opinion, inhibiting. I don't want to get into this at, at all, really, but I, I can't help but to say that it really makes you think about how we teach our children to trust their own reason, uh, their own intuition, and, e and even uh, how to like process information. So it, uh, I recommend the, the documentary, uh, especially for uh, indoctrination culture uh, alone I, I really dug the film it was it was it was fantastically made from 2006 fascinating okay um like regular movie wise my my big recommendation here is from 1990 now 1990 we had a lot of great psychological kind of horror thrillers this was one of the best and i had never seen it the first power with lou diamond phillips I remember hearing of it. Remember like the poster when Lou Diamond Phillips has the gun and like there's the pentagram behind him? Yeah. Check out the movie on Tubi because it was fucking awesome. Um, but listen to this plot. Let me see who's going to get this first. The plot is a cop is tracking a serial killer that he finally catches. He intends, his, he intends his execution fallen. and the, the killer's spirit fallen. goes into... <laughs> It's fucking fallen before fallen, it's really. Fallen. Oh, before fallen. That's wild. It, it's um, fallen throughout the movie. He has to figure out: did it go into him? Did it go into him? But it's genuinely eerie, and there's some fucking incredible sequences that were genuinely terrifying. I hmm. fucking loved the first power, and I always dismissed it as some cheap trash. 
<sighs> Cheap trash. Hard to believe. Yeah, I've never seen that one. I do love Lou Diamond Phillips, though. He's a good man and thorough. And thorough. I guess that's it for Eric then. Uh, that was his movie watching. Well done. Everybody's hitting the road. I'll take control of the show from here. Uh, let's see. This week, I did not watch as many movies. I really focused on trying to create some new habits for myself. You know, I really got to make some changes or I'm going to die a terrible, terrible death from an awful heart-related illness. I'm sure of it. So, you know, that means less movie watching. Sometimes movie watching could lead to too much garbage being eaten. That happens to me. So I'm trying to make adjustments there. But at any rate, uh, I watched uh, the newest Venom. And boy, that movie fucking sucks. Yeah. And, oh, the, the one with the carnage, that one? Yeah. You know, I mean, I you got the potential. Oh, well, look. You got the potential. Woody Harrelson, you know, hamming it up as carnage. It's fucking a great casting. But it's just a piece of shit. And... Did you see like it, Eric? I, I I don't understand this Venom adaptation. Why is Eddie Brock acting yeah. like some dipshit bum? And why are these comedies? <laughs> yeah, they really take. Yeah, Travis. I mean, you'll if you ever get around to watching it, it's they really ham it up with Venom. Now that they, he's everybody's seen the first one. They kind of like, all right, we're gonna be together now for a while. So they're together now. And guess what? They're gonna get in a fight because they're spending too much time together. <laughs> It's just like this shitty comedy between Venom and Eddie Brock that's not funny at all. And the odd couple with Venom and Carnage, one of the most <laughs> prolific serial killers in comic book history, and you're gonna make this rated PG 13? Fuck. Yes! Uh, yeah, that is the biggest beef, dude. There's like no blood in this movie. It's no a violent No, I mean there's carnage, but they don't show real carnage. They show yeah. tons of violence. Tons of violence. But they had to get that PG-13 rating, so they pulled the old uh, Dark Knight move. You know, you get rid of all the blood, and if it's violent, that's fine. It's PG-13. But there's no blood, so it's okay. It's it's such a mind-boggler, this whole concept of if there's no blood, it's not that bad. What the fuck is wrong with you? Point a gun at someone's head, blow their brains out, don't show any blood, it's cool. Yeah, convince people at an early age that, that shooting people has no real consequences. That's great. Yes! That's a real, what a great call. Motherfucker, but don't show a tit. Please don't show a tit. Oh, help God. us. Don't show a tit. No. Don't show it's a buttock or a cock. No. No, we can't do that. This is America. No way. And two non sexual fucks. That's all we're going to give you. <laughs> non sexual fucks. Yeah, you get two fucks. Make sure you make them count. Really bums me out. Yeah, it's a real bummer. So that movie was a big disappointment. And Tom Hardy is like. He's a living oh, icon. He could do anything he wants, and he's I'm off the really disappointed, man. Why? He's, he's out there. He's he's been doing some real shit lately. I feel. Oh, really? Well, I haven't. What else? Uh, I oh, mean, he, I guess I've been keeping up recently, but Capone was trash. Oh yeah. Right? I mean, um, Legend. I didn't see, but I heard bad things, and I didn't see. So it. It looked, bad. It looked awful. Kind of so came and went. I mean, yeah. he's kind of like even even some of his better stuff. Has been really under the radar stuff like uh, the drop and lock. Like uh, the drop, good, yeah, the they're drop. good good films, but like very under the radar. Like people, you know, they're not like his big his big pictures. But I'm sorry, I've, I've bulldozed your your segment here. No, God, I want to talk about that. I mean, Tom Hardy, he, he could do whatever he wants. He had carte blanche. I mean, he yeah. controlled the movie business because people love the way he looks. They think he's sexy. He's also a great right. actor, yeah. and he has he has it all. So I. 
What happened? I just don't know why. He he made this whole point about how the first Venom didn't go the way he wanted it to. I remember him saying this, like, literally. And he was really excited. All right, the next one, we're going to get this right. But no, yo, you yeah, didn't get it right not. at all, man. How uh, was Circus's this... direction? Not that nothing to get excited about? Yeah, that's a disappointment, too. At the end, I forgot that he even directed it. I remembered <laughs> a while before that but because it wasn't anything. Yeah. It's like you see all these names on it, and you can't believe Michelle Williams is in this movie. A oh, fucking dude. classic wasted. actress. Why? Wasted. So yes. wasted. We got Michelle Williams. Bring, we bring her basically into the MCU now, right? Because it's like this weird, I mean, it's like tangentially connected now, and she's been fucking wasted. She could have been... Oh, she could have been any. I mean, she could have, could have been in, at least Invisible Woman or something. She have, I mean, she's, she's one of the best actors working. It would have been yeah. trash. Yes. Uh, also, oh, there is a uh, what do they call them at the end? The Stingers. So, uh, at the what do they call them at the end of the movie? The Marvel yeah. oh, things. Oh, um, well, now that you've said that, I can't think of the word that they do use. Are they um, called Stingers? After credit scenes, I guess. Right. After I thought they credit. had a term for them. Anyways, the reason uh, they made the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, that's the thing. It is worth going at the end because there is something interesting that happens in the... That's the only thing about the movie. I was like, oh, shit, okay, so this is where we're going. It's too bad that you had to waste all of our time to get to that point. <laughs> so, but it's something you do need to see as a Marvel uh, you know, can't, MCU can't dude. Make me, can't make well, me. Well, just skip to the end and just watch that end credit scene. Go yeah, to YouTube and watch I'm it. i watch so. that on YouTube, I think. Please do. Uh, I watched King Richard because you guys said you liked it. And, you know, it's a... It's exactly what you guys said it was. Yeah. Will Smith does a rock solid job. It's a solid film. Mm-hmm. It's a inspirational movie about the Williams sisters, and you know, you really think about it. These two girls that come out of Compton, California, and they own like the whitest sport on earth. Uh, that's really cool. I, I do like that, and I've always admired and respected the Williams sisters. They're tremendous athletes. They're sure. incredible yeah. ambassadors, and. Uh, yeah, you know, it's just like it was, it was fine. You know, I never got like I don't know. It it was, it was just a very vanilla in the way, but it's it's a solid movie, and I know what they're trying to do. Just like Eric said, it's Oscar bait one hundred and one. This is the playbook. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, you, you got to give him credit. I mean, like within moments of of Will Smith showing up on screen, though, like I, I do feel like like I'm like, oh, this is a bit of a different role. He's doing, he's he's trying a little extra harder on this one. You know, you get the oh, yeah. sense that he, he did his homework more than usual on this one. He definitely did. He put everything into it, including like the walk. Like he mm-hmm. leaves no stone unturned for every detail about Mr. Richard Williams's character and you got, physical I mean, present. You got to know what you're getting into there. I mean, if you if you're expecting the Venus and Serena Williams story, you're gonna get one line by maybe one of them. Yeah. Well, I think there's more than one, but yes, uh, I yeah, get your I point. That's yes. true. I mean, they, you know, yeah, they they executive produced it, so this is the story they wanted to tell. So that's okay. true. So that's what I find to be pretty cool as well. I guess they they really did admire their father, and you always heard a lot of you know growing up the media spin about him was always mm-hmm. like this guy's a douchebag. So I'm glad that this movie was made, and even yeah. if it was exaggerated for dramatic effect. Mm-hmm. That's cool with me because John Bernthal was just so, like you yeah. said, he was so funny yeah. in this role. This Long Island classic rich dude is so like, he's got no balls, but he does have like a dedication, but he, it's so different for Bernthal. Like you said, it's not the yeah. Punisher. It's not like these hard asses that he plays. He plays such a nice, sweet man. <laughs> Look at that yes. Hair. yes, he does with a mustache. Great. Love Bernthal. Everybody yeah. loves Bernthal. Who doesn't love Bernthal? Uh, who the hell don't like Burnsaw? So the yeah, that was cool, and 
Uh, that was pretty much it. I watched a <laughs> stupid movie called The Whammy? Double Whammy? Is that what it's called? I wrote down the title, oh, so I got what? it right. You ever heard um, of this? It's got Dennis Leary in it and Steve Buscemi, two people that you do know. And yeah, Double Whammy, 2002. And what happens is, I, I know why this movie's been buried, I feel like, because it starts out with the premise about a fucking mass shooting at a fast uh, food restaurant. Uh, oh. This is a 02, so it's like it's a, comedy? a couple of years. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, it looks right. even worse now, and it is a terrible film. It's god awful. So <laughs> the whammy burger. Yeah. Right. Uh, this I I think like nine eleven happened, and they kind of just dumped this thing out or something. I don't know. It's probably some weird story behind it, but it's a piece of shit anyway. So don't ever, don't ever waste your time watching double whammy because it's hot garbage. <laughs> and right. Then I watched Permanent Midnight, which I hadn't seen in a long time. Oh which yeah. Is, Actually, uh, I enjoyed it even less this time for some reason. It's a little more campy than I remember. Really? Cheesy. As far as, like, stories about hardcore drug addiction go, it doesn't hold up as well as some of the other things that have been done over the last 20 years. So, hmm. I remember it feeling very sanitized in that yeah. respect. Yeah, it is. You know, the only, the only funny thing is that the, the real-life writer was based on uh, something Stahl. Uh, I can't remember. Jerry Stahl. Name. Jerry Stahl, thanks. Ben Stiller plays Jerry Stahl, and he wrote on Alf. He was a writer on Alf, but they can't right. use Alf, so they make up this new character called Mr. <laughs> Chompers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it looks just like Alf, except he's yeah. been stained green, <laughs> like green. when they dye the river in Chicago for St. Patrick's yeah. Day. It's like, what? And he has an English accent. <laughs> Hello, I'm oh, Mr. Boy. Chompers. Hello, Willie. <laughs> <laughs> that part was funny. That was actually the funniest part was Mr. Chompers, like yeah, drug freakouts. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Also, on my show I do with Luke, my friend Luke, guest host from time to time, Luke on this show, did the Blood Diner episode recently. Uh, is it safe? We, he got really mad at me about the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I told him that I really liked the show, and he got super pissed and we went on this, like, 20-minute discussion about how terrible it was. And I was... Hey, I just, hang on. He got angry that you liked it? Yeah, uh, he was. I mean, he was fired up. He was definitely like, "Dude, that movie's uh, that show is so garbage." And I was like, "Wow, I guess I'm out of touch." Apparently, I didn't know it was by the Gilmore Girls creator, which I've never seen the Gilmore Girls. I never have either, and I don't give a shit that it is. I mean, it's. I mean, it's good entertainment. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I I don't. I I don't. I don't need the full twenty minute version here. But what was what was his beef? I just, I couldn't even catch it. That was the thing about Luke's <laughs> rant sometimes. Like, I, I couldn't right. even really quite understand what it was that bothered him about the show. Is it I, that I everyone else likes it? <laughs> Is that the problem? <laughs> no, I, I don't, it might have been that. I don't know. It could have been formulaic and typical. I don't know. But either way, I still stand behind the show, and uh, I recommend yeah. that. It, it was yeah. really enjoyable to see it. And season four comes out in February, which is what we talked about last time. We didn't know when the next season was coming. Oh, that's good to know. So, that's good to know. Yeah. So that'll be, uh, I'm all caught up, ready to go. Cool. Um, I haven't mentioned it, but one night for I, were you done? I'm sorry. I'm done. Okay. Uh, I'm also watching. Um, I'm not, and I'm not ready to endorse it, even though I'm like five episodes in now. But I'm watching The Shrink Next Door. With oh, Will, I, did. I watched Will the first Pro. two episodes. Yeah. What do you think? And I'm a little, I'm into it a bit. I, I'm not third. I'm not like whoa, but I'm I'm mildly into it. That's how I felt after two episodes, and that's how I feel after five episodes. Where I'm like, this is interesting work um, from both of these guys, Paul Rudd and Will Ferrell. It's cool seeing you know them. This is a different kind of role from 
Catherine Hahn is, you know, excellent, like always. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm just like, as I'm watching, I'm just like, man, I'm just not connecting to this at all. Like, I'm just not, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. There's just, um, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. I'm going to keep watching feeling. it. I'm going to keep watching it. Cause there's only, I think eight episodes or something, but yeah, uh, at this point I wouldn't recommend anyone go out, go out of their way if they were on the fence about it. You can tell they spent a long time on mastering the accents. I will say that. <laughs> and uh, and the set design is fantastic. I mean, there's it's very really yeah. immersive for the late '80s, early '90s. Payphones, yeah, it's pretty yeah, cool. They, they do well with all that. Uh, Mike, are you? Did you see that trailer for the Winning Time? The HBO. Yeah, I was Ellen just going to mention that. Holy, you read I my thought, mind, dude. I thought of you immediately. I'm like, Mike is going to eat this shit up. So I what know that I, who, the, who the fuck is Jerry Buss? Is this like an actual story or is it just like... Yeah, Jerry Buss was the like owner. He was the owner of the Lakers who started that whole Showtime thing when Magic Johnson became a Laker in the 80s. Yeah, and I, I didn't know I needed this in my life at all. Like, it's <laughs> it's a weird story to tell. It's, like, it's a good basketball team for 10 years, which is in Hollywood, so it was glitzed and glamorized a bit more. But when I saw the trailer today, Eric, I was like, holy crap. I didn't know I needed this, but John C. Riley is Dr. Jerry Buss. I'm fucking in. And uh, Adrian Brody's playing Pat Riley. It's fantastic casting. I had no idea that this would ever be something. I never really thought I needed it, but I'm thoroughly <laughs> excited about it coming out in March. Because Adrian wow. Brody is one of the biggest, you know, you all know the stories about Brody. He's so right. hardcore. He takes shit way too right. far in terms of his method acting most of the time. And Pat Riley is like the most hard-ass, tough, like, takes everything too far in coaching. So it's like perfect casting in a way, even though he doesn't really look like him. Uh, so you know that uh, pretty much this project is why um, Dirty Sanchez broke up. You know, you're following oh, really? this Will Ferrell and Adam McKay feud story? Yeah, I heard no. about this. No, I well, didn't hear about this. The dissolution of that production company came about because Will Ferrell was like telling McKay for years that he was born to play Jerry Buss. And McKay was like, I don't see it. I don't see it. And they, they split up. And then Mick, Will Ferrell found out via like Variety article that he had hired John C. Riley, who's like his his homeboy. Yeah. Beyond pissed. Really? Oh, wow. Man, Will Ferrell seems like the kind of guy that wouldn't be, be like that. I, I don't know him, obviously. But yeah, but they were partners. I mean, they had a working. I mean, they oh, yeah. To, you know, it's not, just, it's not just some dude doing that. You know, it's not like you're just losing a role. I mean, like you, you tell your partner who's a you know producer and director for years that you want to play this role and you get some other dude to do it. That would hurt my feelings. Yeah, I could see that. I, I definitely see the point. That's that's wild. I didn't know they they had a falling out. That's too bad. I, yeah, I know that. Uh, there's a there's other thing too on HBO Max. This new Santa thing by Seth Rogen and Sarah Silverman. Have you seen this? Uh, uh, it's getting absolutely destroyed. And oh, I watched really? one episode of it, and it was. It's not very good. Wait, it's, a, it's so, a, what, a limited series? What is this? I, yeah, I, it's like a limited uh, holiday series on HBO it. Max. And oh, oh, is it the eight bit Christmas thing? Is it that? Yeah, yeah. I think that. Yeah, that's what it's called, right? Oh, uh, I'm not sure. I know I've seen that um, advertised, but I haven't, you know, dug in. Oh no, eight bit Christmas is something different. Sorry, that's something okay. different. Anyways, no. it's the one on HBO Max. I forgot the title, but it's like it's like stop motion stuff. So it's kind of like in the vein of some of those old-time holiday programs, but it's mm-hmm. got Sarah Silverman and Seth Rogen. Like, they made this, and it's it's just terrible. It's 3%. Like a th- 3%. <laughs> 3%. On, on Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah. 
Ooh. I know Rotten Tomatoes doesn't know everything, but it's I mean, that's a really harsh score right now. So <laughs> I kind of want to watch it now. <laughs> yeah, that's why I had to watch it because I heard it was so bad. But there's also, I think, some political shit involved with this where like not people are saying, if you like this show, you're a liberal. If you hate it, you're right wing. Oh, and it's oh, like so it's getting bombed by by the trolls. Yes. Oh, but now I feel like I have to be a good culture warrior and watch it and oh, give it a 10 geez. on IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, have at it, man. I, I, I just, uh, I'll leave that to you, but uh, just want to mention that. So, All right, well, there it is. That's uh, what we've been watching recently. We love movies, and we hope you do, too. Don't forget that you can email us. We love a good email. But Cinema do we love nine. checking our email? That's the real question. Well, that's a different story. I don't know if we can comment <laughs> on that publicly, but uh, I think we do check our email at least once a week. And this week... No new emails. So if you want to send us one, want to talk about the holidays, you want to talk about film, you want to talk about your personal problems, email someone else. Okay? <laughs> all right. So having said all that, it's time to get into the main event for this week's show. Oh, real quick, by the way, we're going to have a guest host in two weeks. want to remind everybody of that. Uh, Derek from Pop Goes Your World, which is a great Yay. podcast. He'll be on in two weeks, and I do have his selection. Um, I could reveal it at the end of the show, or we could just wait till next week. But I know what it's going to be, and I'm not happy about it. So, <laughs> oh boy, uh, that means that we probably will be happy about it. Um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you'll be happy about it. And I don't know about Eric, but we'll find out. All right, uh, let's wait until Which next Marvel week. movie. Is it <laughs> not, not <laughs> a Marvel movie? Yeah, we're, oh, okay. no, I, I like, was my I like guess, Marvel right? movies. Oh. I like Marvel movies. Come on. Uh, okay, yeah. So the main event: Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang, 2005. Does it hold up? We're gonna find out. Didn't I just see you at a party a couple hours ago? Why? Why what? Why me? Why you? Seriously, why not the uh, the girl over there? Look, she's very pretty. Which one? On, on the left, next to Brazilian Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, that's a bit of a reach. Um, clearly, I'm interrupting. I feel badly. Let me. What are you drinking? Bad. Bad. Sorry. Feel. You feel bad. Bad. Badly is an adverb, so to say you feel badly would be saying that the mechanism which allows you to feel is broken. Well, <clears throat> that one over there. Um, which way? Oh God, Nick's Nick's. That's the blonde. The blonde's pathetic. Because. Well, for starters, she's been fucked more times than she's had hot meals. You know, I heard about that. It was neck and neck, and then she skipped lunch. First thing, though. Mm, you tell. Worst thing is she's 35 years old and still trying to act. Yeah. I see her auditions all the time. Over, baby, your best. Charitable of May I ask how old you are? Mm. Go for it. Okay, how old are you? 34. Yeah. I'm a baby. Where's your uh, buddy, the guy you, the guy you left oh, he's the party a with? Fucking asshole. I just need a ride. Sorry, I swear a lot. I know. It's okay. Did you know the host? No. I didn't. You look really familiar, though. Yeah. Probably an actor. Buzz, buzz. Go away, Mr. Fly. I'm just talking to your friend here. Well, she doesn't want to talk to you. Sunshine, she'll be back to you in a minute. Just relax, it's okay. She doesn't have a minute. Directed by Shane Black. Uh, screen story by Shane Black, which is a unique title. I put that in the title credit there. Like, screen extra. story and screenplay. Does he get, like, an extra bonus if he bills himself as a screenplay? You know what I mean? Like, what was that was weird. <laughs> I know! That's why I thought it was odd. And it's no produced by Joel Silver. That's always uh, something to be weary of. But stars Robert Downey Jr., Val Kilmer, and Megan Monaghan. And uh, this is a film that has uh, Orban Burson in it, too. Uh, so. Michelle. Michelle. Oh, did I say Megan? I did say Monaghan. Megan. Megan Monaghan. I wonder who Megan Monaghan is. Monahan. Hey, Megan Monaghan, are you oh, out there? Give me oh, a call. But no. 
How am I not Megatonic? How am I not Michelle? Michelle Monaghan, yes, from season one of True Detective, which was, that's her, so. All right, uh, Travis Roy, have you ever seen this movie before? Take us back in time to the first time you saw Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Uh, I know I rented it, um, like, from a blockbuster. I think it may even have been, like, my last gasp of working there. I'm not sure. This came out in 2005. I, I, it's possible. I think it was right around, right, right around when I stopped working there. It was 25. Um, and I watched it once and I liked it and I didn't watch it again until last night. So, um, you know, I, I, which is good. This is a good thing to do. Like, cause you, you watch a movie and you like it, but then, you know, 20 or 15 years goes by or whatever. Like, you know, you, it's good to check in and be like, is this actually good or not? Well, you know, this is the premise <laughs> of the show. Um, yeah. So it was good to check. It was good to check back in on it. Cause I, I really had kind of memory hold it in some ways. <laughs> oh, okay. By the way, the uh, HBO max new Christmas thing is called Santa Inc. Santa incorporated Santa Inc. So starring Sarah Silverman and Seth Rogen. All right. So yeah, there you go. Uh, it also has a 1.1 1. 1 on IMDb. I've never seen a rating of 1.1, 1. 1, so now it's like this. This is just out okay. of control. I've never. I've some of the shittiest movies ever still have like a three. So yeah. this is yeah, probably getting out of hand. That's oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna watch it now. A, a talking cat, I believe, has a much higher rating. Seriously, it does. <laughs> a talking cat does have a talking cat a talking cat exclamation point question mark uh, does have a higher rating that i want to say it's like around four or something yeah. I know, right this is just out of control all right anyway uh eric you chose this movie so uh, take us back to that glorious moment the first time you saw it that was at the state theater in ann arbor i was anticipating this for about a year for a couple reasons i was on a huge val kilmer high after um the salton sea and spartan yeah, those were. I would. I, well, I'm like, he's back. Now. So I'm like, he's back. I, I'm, I'm going to be in the theater. And then Shane Black, I hadn't seen anything from since The Long Kiss Goodnight. And that was almost a 10 year hiatus. So I'm like, he's back. Finally, Hollywood let him in. His buddy Joel Silver <laughs> called him, like, let's do it again. So I was pumped. Saw it in the theater, uh, came out super happy and, and had a great time. Haven't seen it since. <laughs> uh, by the way, there is a movie called Kiss Kiss Finger Bang. I just want to let you guys know that. Starring Anton Yelkin and Buck Henry. Oh, oh, (laughs) what? I'm just typing in. I just typed in kiss, kiss to the Rotten Tomatoes search and it came up. (laughs) When when did that come out? 2015. So not too long ago. Shit. It must be a, maybe it's a funnier die thing. Is it a short? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I might be a case. Yeah, maybe it is. I guess anything could pop up. You're right. But, um, yeah, it doesn't even have a rating. It's just, a title with a sultry poster wow. of the Anton Yelkin and a woman. So. <laughs> that sounds funny enough. Uh, but yes, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is a movie I'd heard about. And I heard the title and I often mix it up with Kiss of the Spider Woman for some reason. And The Long Kiss Goodnight. I don't know why I kept doing that. They all have Kiss in it. I get that. But Two of them different are black, so that makes sense. That does make sense, yes. But uh First time I watched it was like last year, and I remember like turning it off after about forty minutes. I just thought it was like, I don't know, it like just rubbed me the wrong way. I remember having a okay. icky, like negative feeling, like this is lame, this is dumb. <laughs> uh, turn it off, and that's what happened. But I definitely sat down and watched it in its entirety without skipping a single second of it. So wow, I have more shit. to say about that. Yeah, I, I gave it its fair due this time. That's what we do on the show. Cool, we keep man. it real, right? We do. 
Uh, I didn't look no up fast forward guarantee. <laughs> That's right. I, uh, I did not look up the score. Did anybody else look up the IMDb rating? I did yeah. not. Yeah, I did. All right, I'm going to say. Uh, go ahead. What do you think? I feel like people like this movie. It's got some heavy hitters in it. Uh, I'll say it's a 7 1. Yeah, I'm going to say it's pretty liked. I'm not going to put it. I don't think it's quite that level. I'll say, I think I've said six, nine, like the last four or five episodes. I'll say six, nine on this episode too. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Uh, double check it, but I think it's a seven, five. Wow. Yeah. You are correct. Yeah. Seven point five. Okay. Lofty well, territory. Yeah. That is lofty. That's even more. Rare than rare. Yeah. <laughs> rare earth. Uh, that was Luke's <laughs> uncle's. Rare earth. Uh, rare earth. That's yeah. true. Yep. Yeah. Uh, kiss, kiss, bang, bang on Rotten Tomatoes. Eighty-six percent from the critics. That's an excellent score, right? Yeah, yeah. Eighty-seven from the audience. Very. That's one of the closest scores you can get. Eighty-six to eighty-seven. That is very tight. Yes. As far as the critical reviews and commentary, well, there's a lot of people chiming in on this movie. Bring it's, it. It's popular enough as a. Uh, wait a minute. Is this true? Yeah. There's like many more pages than the last one. Prime Desen territory. Prime right? Goody Coons. <laughs> Goody Coons or Desen might be chiming in here. Uh, let's start off with Christopher Orr from The Atlantic. We've never right. done The Atlantic. Why not? The plot of the film is almost willfully right, right. convoluted, but it's also yeah. largely beside the point. An excuse yeah. for quite a few good scenes, and most of them equal parts homage and subversion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's film noir. Every, every yeah, single exactly. film noir is exhausting and convoluted as fuck, but it doesn't really matter. Right. I mean, that's, yeah. He may as well just said, it's a film noir. Yeah, it. so it's it's like one of those where you have a window of Wikipedia open and you're like on the plot thing to try to like keep up in touch with what the fuck is happening. <laughs> David Anson of Newsweek said, "Jumpy and ironic, Downey is a quick silver delight." Wow, and <laughs> whatever that means, and Kilmer wow. is funny as the gay Perry. Oh, is he gay in this movie? Does he play a gay oh, character? What? I don't. I don't. Subtle. I think I missed okay. that. Uh, you can't even tell. I don't know. They, they didn't talk about it much. Yeah. yeah, there should have been more discussion about his sexuality, and they just yeah. didn't do that. So more gay puns could have helped. Yeah, yeah. We'll <laughs> talk more about that because it feels like uh, that's part of the story with this movie. Uh, no goody coots, as far as I can tell. I haven't seen mm. him in a while. I don't know if he Desen? was working later on or desperately seeking Dessen. That's what we're doing here. <laughs> Come on, Dessen Thompson. Desen. Where are you? Oh, uh, uh, oh, Gary, Gary Thompson. Who are you? Go away. Uh, well, uh, oh, yay! Here we go. Okay, I got him. Woohoo! All right. That's what Thompson said in November of 2005. Okay. Kiss Kiss, Bang Bang is the first movie since 1994's Pulp Fiction. Not just to understand movie violence as a pop cultural form, dot, 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 but to play it like a virtuoso violinist. Wow. That's Ooh, yeah. That's one of his more involved reviews that we've read. It's also, I think, one of his most, like, that's pretty, I mean, he's not, he's usually a lot more analytical instead of, like, effusive. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, that's true. And it's he's always understated. This is, yeah, that's, that's a high praise coming from him. Quite does. Well, what does that mean, though? Like, okay, so the violent, movie violence as a pop cultural form, like, it understands it as well as Pulp Fiction. What does that mean? That he liked how they 
displayed the violence. <laughs> but the yeah. violence is, I mean, the violence, there's a lot, this is a very violent movie. Um, but yeah, it's, fingers but get it, chopped off. Right, well, and there's worse that happens to one character in particular whose face we never see, but she has the worst life possible. Um, <laughs> yes, it's awful. There, There is, uh, I'm talking about the younger sister, if you're confused. Um, I forget where I was going with that. No, like violence, it, it, pop culture, oh, yeah, yeah. amount of violence. That's, it's still fun. It's a, I mean, it's a fun movie. Like it's trying to be a fun movie. Like it's, it's the like violence. Pulp Fiction is, is a fun movie. Right. Exactly. Well, this is 2005. So unless Destin miss every Elmore James and Steven Soderbergh film since Pulp Fiction, there's been plenty that were doing this kind of same violence is fun. Tongue, tongue in cheek. People getting shot in the face is funny. Yeah. Yeah. I'm that's true. To agree with that. Yeah, that's a really good point. I want to read one negative because I didn't have any. This is from Stephen Ray. That's what it was. Yeah, we did. That must have been what it was. Uh, Stephen Ray of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Tell your own kind. (laughs) (laughs) While while Downey's rumpled. Oh, boy, I don't even know this word. Insouciance? Insouciance? Insouciance, I think. I n s o u c i a n c e. Like to be inebriated? What does that mean? I've, I've read the word before. Now I got to look it up. It okay. Uh, well, while Donnie's rumpled in sociance, jibes with the movie's <laughs> jaded, narcissistic tone. It's a hard tone. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Okay, so he's indifferent. That makes sense. It's a hard tone to take for a hundred minutes or so. Thumbs down. Uh, yeah. Okay. Hmm. So there's the other well, side of it. I mean, you know, we got we got to be thankful for this movie. There's a lot of a lot of buzz that this is the movie that caused, um, you know, that this is why he plays Tony Stark. This is uh, there's a lot of lot of I don't know how much of it is speculation, how much of it's confirmed, but I've certainly heard it many times over the years that this is why he was cast as Tony Stark. This is the role he played. Yeah, so well. that, yeah, that he played this role, and then like Feige and and uh Favreau and like other people like you know it was you know it was a good five years after this movie came out but they're like look he's 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 back he's he's been back he this this is the kind of like witty whatever character that he can play this is what we want for this character so I mean if that I don't know if that connection is true or not but I'm certainly willing to believe it and it wasn't hard for him to get I mean Remember, like the early 2000s he's coming off U.S. Marshals and uh Gothica so his, his wife uh, was the was Joel Silver's was uh, Joel Silver's assistant, and she had recommended Downey for for this role when they were looking at Hugh Grant. I think they were looking at. Uh, Don't forget Wonder Boys. I mean, he did do that. That was two thousand. Yeah. So. Hey, we were fans, but like the studios were. Oh hell no! Yeah, that's true. Wow. He, he yeah, persona non grata still. That's a great point. You look at this movie afterwards. Good night and good luck. Uh, the Scanner Darkly, Zodiac, yeah, and then yeah. Iron Man. So yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, I think Iron people. Man. Then Iron yeah, Man that is, is still Iron Man. This and I think the Singing Detective also. I think I think, oh. I think a lot of people saw that. I mean, like you know, like in the industry, not the, in, in the in, don't say industry. Um, a lot of people saw it, and um, I, I think that also didn't hurt. Well, it's classic Downey in this movie. At least this is what I come to expect from him, and you know he's. Just always got to be sharp tongued and quick witted. That's just what he does. That's his, that's his thing, and he does it very well in this movie. And now the narrator part of this film is made fun of as well. You said this is making fun of and ton of noir films, which is a narrator is classic part of that. But a narrator is a part of all kinds of films as well, and they make fun of themselves. They stop 
He stops the movie. He lets you know he's the narrator. He says hello to you. Breaks the fourth wall quite quickly. This movie straddles a line of its being aware of what it is while at the same time trying to make fun of other movies but thinking that it might be doing it in a better way. It's a dangerous line it walks, and I'm not sure that it always works. Wow. Um, I... I think that sure. it definitely homages and respects its own genre. I think it's uh, wait for myself to catch up. I think it's making fun of just Hollywood in in movie making. Oh sure, two thousand five in general, as opposed the to the end credits, its own genre. <laughs> yeah, the last sure. scene before it goes to black. I mean, that's that's yes, that is so <laughs> stupid. Thank you. Sorry, we said too many f words to the Midwest. That was funny, yeah, right. but it's like, why is this like this? Could you? You could have made this movie without that last scene being in there. And they also talk about the fact that when everybody, <laughs> they bring all the dead people back at the end when he's in the hospital bed, Val Kilmer's in the wheelchair. It's like, Abraham yeah, Lincoln. I know the studio wants us to no. not end on a downer. I, and that made me laugh. That's a really funny line. They're making fun of studios in a movie that's a studio film. Uh, I like that. But sometimes it's. I feel like it's too much at certain points, but I'm, maybe it's not. I don't know. I, I'm undecided. I mean, I like, I like, I like meta. I like a little meta humor. Um, I, 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 I do agree that some of it maybe doesn't work. Some of it does, but that last scene does yeah. kind of need to be there because otherwise, what the fuck does the Harry character do when this is all over? Go back to Robin shit in New right. York. You have to like have some sort of wrap up for that character where he's like no longer a total loser. He's at least going to be, you know, Gay Perry's lapdog in his office or whatever. <laughs> gay Perry's lapdog. Yeah. Well, let's just could we talk, let's talk about that then. So, <sighs> yes, he's a gay character. Oh, okay. Oh, is he gay? Is yeah. He did gay? you know? Is he gay, Perry? Did you hear the news? Every, he's gay. Every, <laughs> he used to be straight. But now he's gay. I think the movie made him that way. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it's just it's fucking it's just relentless. Cringe. It never it's ends. It never have, ends. have a nice gay or like what oh, is that pun he yes. says? Don't, don't, like, don't quit you your gay job. Gay? Don't quit yes. your gay job. We're gonna film this line in like 2005. Like it's, yeah. that's, it's a little late in the game for some of this for mo for all of it. I mean, like it's just yeah. like like and like okay, so you like you want to introduce this gay character and make him cool and like all right, that you can definitely do that. Do you have to make Every joke that he makes about his own sexuality, which, I mean, I have known a gay guy or two to have done that plenty. That's true. Um, but still, it's just like it's not just it's not just gay Perry. It's every character that that he interacts with. They're making fun of him, too. So it's like, you know, if you're if you're if your only gay character in a movie is the and their sexuality is a source of jokes throughout the entire movie, you've got a big fucking problem. Yeah. Yes. And there and there's a difference between other people making those jokes, maybe because they're uncomfortable, and that character making his own jokes about himself. Because Shane Black, be it his ignorance or him not being that comfortable writing this character, it comes off as uh, the script trying to make us comfortable with the fact that Gay Perry is is gay, as opposed to him being confident about it and right. it, it not being this giant deal. Yeah, this is what happens with too much of that being overdone is there's actually the scene where they're being, well, not they, just Downey's characters. Harry's having his balls shocked by and being tortured. Yeah. And the way that Perry gets out of it is by 
saying that a homophobe never checks there because he has a gun inside of his dick pants there. And that actually that that part I believe it actually made fun of homophobes that wouldn't actually pat him down entirely. I actually thought that was okay, but when you mix it all what? in with all the other jokes, it doesn't hold it doesn't hold any water. The rest of it sucks. It's like, okay, great. So you can make an occasional joke or reference about a homophobe being bad at patting people down, which would work. But then you have to say, oh, look at him. Look how sexy he is. Or, yeah, I'm gay. Every conversation in this entire film that I have, any dialogue, will have to eventually come back to the fact that I am gay. That's too much. Are you going to sit through your friend or maybe, you know, someone you're familiar with and are getting to like? Are you going to sit through his torture just so you can set up this gag with the gun? How long has he had it trained on him? I guess he's trying to get him closer because it's probably like a really weak caliber. But I don't know. You you know you're in trouble early in this movie because Larry Miller shows up for uh, one fucking scene. (laughs) And it's just just to be confused that gay is a thing. He's just like, wait a minute. I don't know. Gay is gay? It's like that's like, oh, fuck. This is how you're starting your movie and how you're introducing gay perry like uh it said larry miller on the credits and there was no larry miller well it said said shannon sossaman too which i know that's why we end up watching this movie we get to see her run by in a wig and then lay down on the floor and that's it there's a lot of cardinal sins in this movie that is by far number one you waste shannon sossaman i know that's an issue for you eric yes i'm sorry about that but yeah so we get it the the gay stuff was way overdone i think we all agree on that and but so beyond that, the dialogue, though, is pretty damn good. I know that it's got the downy wit and sharpness that he always does. But if, Val Kilmer is great in this movie. He's really, he's his equal, to, in my opinion. Oh, I agree. And yeah, I loved it. I think he's one of my favorite. He'd probably be my favorite character in the movie. Beside all the dumb gay jokes that are unnecessary, everything else he talks about and he, how stupid he thinks Harry is and stuff. <laughs> I, I really got a few laughs out of Val in this one. Yeah, his his dry witticisms definitely abound, and but it, it's funny. I mean, like, uh, yeah, again, when he's not focused on being gay, when he's like, "I've got to go, I've got to go," and he finally like pushes Harry off his car, he's so trying he to can drive off. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that's funny. That's definitely there's definitely some good stuff there, but um, again, like I, I like I I think that he delivers a lot of really good lines, and that's that's funny and all that stuff, but the character is. Um, I don't know. I feel like we never really get to know Perry at all. We we get. I mean, I, maybe we feel like maybe I feel like we know Harry because he's the narrator, so I'm I'm biased towards him. But um, Perry, for being the second lead, uh, is kind of one dimensional. Yep, I agree. Uh, this was first time I ever saw Michelle Monaghan in a big time yeah. role for me. Yeah. Um, and she's great in this. She's yeah. equal to the task of everybody else in terms of her comedic talents and uh that's pretty much it though i mean like she's she is also a fucked up person which i like and the movie dives into that part which i this is one of the parts of the movie i really like is that her obsession that he has harry has for her hey i'm not a she tells him directly i'm not a good person i am not what you think i am and it really kind of tears down some of this like hey in movies these people love each other and they're perfect for each other and they just say that over and over again but these are complicated people who would do bad things and are fucked up, and they do a good job of telling us that. I, I commend him for doing that. I, I hear you, but I mean, take uh, set aside the fact that like he doesn't recognize this girl that he was obsessed with all through high school, because um, uh, what eighteen years has passed, um, <laughs> so he doesn't recognize her at all. But like, 
the movie goes out of its way. I mean, like, again, like, I'm sorry, I got to get back to the sister and the molestation and the incest thing. Like the movie goes out of its way to like introduce this early on as like a, is like a a plot point. And like, so obviously this girl is like fucked up. Like she's got some, uh, the older sister, I mean, you know, uh, harmony, like she's fucked up too. And um, they, they make light of the fact that this 15, (sighs) 16 year old girl fucks the whole high school apparently, except for him. And then like, he kicks her out of bed for like, something that she did when she was 15 like i don't know like it's just like there's a lot going on where i'm like ah this is this is all being dealt with so casually and like like it's funny but it's like like i don't know like i don't know i just i was a lot of it made me really uncomfortable yeah yeah and shane black has written some really strong women character i fucking love the long kiss goodnight gina davis is out of control in it but to expect me to laugh at those uh plot points a woman a dead woman getting pissed on i'm supposed to laugh oh, at and then this fucking awful. dead corpse of a woman like i i don't know where this is coming from here even in old school pot boilers the women is never treated like a a causality or a a, a joke it's a clumsy movie it's a, it's a movie about i like this movie because dumb things happen and they go out of their way to not just make it all cookie cutter and organized if you were pissing and you turn us all a dead body it would freak you the Oh, he didn't mean to piss on her yeah, at all. But are you going to steer your whole body? Anyway, I mean, we can set that aside. It's, I mean, it's a gross gag that didn't really need to happen in the movie. But is it? A, is this supposed to be a gag? Because I didn't see it that way. I guess. What That's was all. it? What? Else, what other purpose did it? I just thought it was. To- I just thought it was part of the the scenery. He just happens to be pissing while he's looking at. It. I didn't think it was. I didn't, if we're supposed to laugh, I never laughed. So, I, guess, I mean, I, I, it wasn't just that, like, what about when they toss the, the girl's body from the, from the from the roof and she hits, like, the uh, the dumpster on the way down? Like, I just feel like there's, like, a lot of, like, casual, like, young girls' bodies and deaths is just dealt with really casually throughout this movie in a way that, that I don't know, maybe I'm a fucking... Well, this is the cynical movies. This is a massively cynical film. So I I do agree that 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 Monaghan, I think that she does hold her own. I think that she's a a delight in the movie. I think that she is uh, one of the stronger points of the movie. I like watching her on screen. Um, But yeah, a lot a lot of the stuff that um, that uh, that that maybe was supposed to be funny about it. It just just didn't. It just missed me. Yeah, uh, she in my opinion. She's a she. Her this cute spunkiness reminds me a lot of Emma Stone before even Emma Stone became a thing. I don't know wh- how they're m- kind of mishandling her career. In my opinion, she shows up in these dumb Mission Impossible. She's fucking fantastic in this and funny and really good, holding her own against these two titans. I think she's fucking awesome. She's one of my favorite parts in the movie. Yeah. It's just the character is like kind of like a who cares. This entire story is very uninteresting to me. I think that's my biggest issue with it. Like I never really care about what's happening. I mean, are we ever I mean, like we're not supposed like again, like because of the, the noirness of it. I don't think we're supposed to care so much as we are to be entertained. Right. I mean, like, I don't know how invested we're expected to be most of the time. Uh, a lot of what happens seems to happen out of convenience, which is um, like convenience for the story, which I always have an issue with. Like when yep. uh, when when Downey Jr. is like yelling up at these ma- like he's a criminal. He's not going to yell at these masked men like, hey, we've got a girl down here. Like like he like he would know what the fuck is yeah. up or when he's escaping the robbery that he's doing at the store and he just walks in to sit down to do a read for a movie. <laughs> 
ridiculous. When Val Kilmer shoots underwater through a trunk into a woman's head, I'm like, woof. Uh, physics just goes right out the window on this one, which is fine. It is an action movie, but I mean, yeah. like, it, it, there's definitely a lot of stuff where, where, where since it is meta, they could kind of play with it and be like more, and they can leave. I think they could have leaned a little bit more into the unreliable narrator that they have here because, like, it, it would ex- they could explain away a lot of the kind of these kind of things that I'm, I mean, not the misogyny, frankly, or the homophobia, uh, but as far as some of the plot points, I think they could have, um, it could have been more easily forgiven because because of the sloppy, deliberate sloppiness of what uh, the narration was. I didn't really buy that Harry was ever any type of thief, especially not like a successful one for any period of time. No. Hmm. No, I, I didn't either. Yeah, also, that's just how, like thrown in there, in my opinion. <laughs> armed robbery for a toy store at night, and then someone else, some old lady's going to kill someone over a toy store. I'm like, oh, man, this is, New York's rough. <laughs> 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 yeah, that there that's not the only time, too. In L.A., the hot dog stand owner murders that yeah. guy, like, angrily. <laughs> so it like, happens no, twice. <laughs> he couldn't wait to find someone to kill that Goddamn day. animals! <laughs> I keep this gun here every day, hoping there's going to be some reason for him to kill someone. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that when Downey Jr. kills someone, like he's got, like he can't look yes. at Mr. Mustard when he's killing when he's yeah. killing him. I thought yeah, that I was so like well that. done, that and he's really so is. despondent and so like palpably upset by it. And then he kills another man like a half an hour later in the movie, and he's he sits down for a minute, but that was about it. It's like, whoop! Like, hey, once you that. break the seal, dude. Like, yeah, that's just the way it goes. Yeah, yeah he's on the phone telling Perry seal. how I killed the guy, and he's like drops the phone yeah. in absolute anguish. Yeah, right. Anyways, yeah, I could kill people now. It's good. And yeah, he accidentally murders that guy who's on his knees, and he's like, "Oh, I thought it was a one in eight chance." Uh, yeah, he yeah. literally he shoots what? an unarmed man in the face and is over <laughs> it like in an instant. This, yeah, this movie relies on some. You're right hardcore shit to get a laugh that I think they are expecting. So now I yeah. see your I see your point now about the urine on the body now that I think about it from that point of view. I, I didn't I didn't think it was supposed to be funny, but you're right that maybe they were thinking people would laugh. Not funny. So. Well and then but even the, if they're not laughing in that moment, there's still the 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 back and forth between Kilmer and Downey while he's in the car where he's like, what you peed on her? And like you know, and like it's like that's a funny little moment too. I mean, it is kind of funny, but like it's yeah. yeah. So like again, like you just these are like innocent girls dying throughout this movie, uh, murdered by like rich and powerful men in twisted and awful ways. Wow. You can get a you get away a lot with a lot just by being frivolous, which I think. This movie escapes a lot of criticism just because of its frivolity, especially for 2005. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That, that's, yeah, there's some truth to that. Uh, I want to ask you guys is, do you, are you big fans of Shane Black's work? Like, do you think he's a oh, good dude. director? I think he's a, I don't, I don't know. I think he's real hit or miss half the time. So it, there seems to be some hardcore Shane Black fans out there. I was just curious. I, I'm a fucking huge Shane Black fan. <laughs> I love The Last Boy Scout. I love The Long Kiss Goodnight. The Last Action Hero is my favorite action movie. Uh, Lethal Weapon, his writing Monster on Squad. Predator. It's Monster, Monster Squad. Squad. I, I don't know what there is. I love The Nice Guys. I don't. I, I love all of it. I haven't seen that. That wasn't Predator. 
But yeah, but this kind of reminds it. me of the nice guys a lot, actually. Yeah, I I like the I, I like the nice guys. I think that was a good movie. I, I I love Monster Squad. I love the original Predator. Um, Lethal Weapon movies are good. Most of them. Um, I, I, I like I like a lot of his stuff. I I I I, I um I'm not the I mean Last Action Hero was fucking great. I I agree. I love that movie too. I mean, so yeah. Overall, I'd say I'm a fan, but I feel like like you know I'm a fan of. 80s early 90s 80s 90s black i mean I, yeah. you know i liked iron man 3 I, a lot of people you know hold that one uh to the fire and really don't care for it but i i mean yeah. and i would and i would and I, would, I would also put it on the bottom ledge of the mar of the marvel tier um but still i mean it's a marvel movie so i like it but yeah i, I mean yeah so this is but this is i think maybe i at least I, i'm not not to speak for you guys, it might be being a little harsh about some of this. Um, I mean, I think I'm right to feel disturbed by a lot of it now, but I I do think that he, this is a lot of deliberate black comedy, which, um, you know, I, I enjoy black comedy under most circumstances. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, you gotta, when you look at this guy's career, they give him $4 million for the long kiss can night. It fucking tanks, not his fault. The movie is good because the audience didn't show up. Hollywood completely ostracizes him and he's out of it. So when he does come back for his own directorial effort, it is just a scathing impasse on just basically Hollywood and, and, and studio politics. So I respect the script, but the, the execution has me down. You called it kind of exhausting because you turned it off the first time you watched it, Mike. Like, what were you thinking like after that first hour where you're like, this is just kind of irritating. I could picture you sitting in your house being like, I'm kind of annoyed by all this shit. That's a great point. I'm so glad you brought that up because I forgot about that for a minute. I, again, watching this through the first 40 minutes, I was like, uh, I, I was just like, this is so full of itself and it's trying yeah. to be smarmy and winking Very at the camera shit. Yeah, it's it just comes right at you with a serious attitude that, hey, we know who we are and we're not like the others. And I guess it kind of, but it just didn't like the characters weren't drawing me in at all. That was the part of the problem for the first 40 minutes. But eventually, somehow, I think I got a lot more into it when Perry and Harry are getting more deeply involved in their situation. I, I just didn't see a spark between the Monaghan character and the Downey character. It did not interest me like this past love thing with it trying to be so so smarmy in a black comedy like they're trying to mix this love into and it didn't buy it for me but somehow by the towards the later part of the movie i was like involved and into it something changed i'm not sure what it was hmm. i i do think that um this movie for for following a lot of the tropes of uh, film noir mm -hmm. and playing with those tropes successfully uh it reminds me a little bit of the girl next door which we did recently in that mm -hmm. um, it does very much take you places that other movies in that genre won't go like the fucking finger getting severed out of nowhere. Um, and, and that, and you know, that being like a recurrent, like there's no reason for that to happen, but once it does happen, like it becomes plot points and stuff. Like it becomes like, yeah. like a, it doesn't just disappear. Um, there, there's, there's things that, or like him, like, passing out in the back of the car and you know what i mean like there's just like there's th the, the things that happen i think are are um fairly unexpected sometimes just outright like unbelievable but uh <laughs> it's fine again it's a movie uh yeah. but yeah, yeah i think that i mean not not as boldly as not as boldly as boldly. The store, but, but i do boldly. think that it does um take some twists and turns that are unique yeah 
Uh, I'm watching it, and I, I'm kind of picturing Shane Black sitting in front of his word processor, being like, "All right, fuck. Now what? How, how about he gets his finger cut off, and he's got to deal with that for like a half hour? Yeah, that'll buy me like thirty minutes. And and she can drop him off at the hospital, and not go in with him twice. And that's the thing. Like, <laughs> you but you nailed it. You can do film noir comedies. Look at Fargo and The Big Lebowski. Yeah. But you have to give a fuck about the characters or else you're not going to be laughing at the circumstances. Yeah. And so much is riding on just do you like Robert Downey Jr. That's it. Exactly. You nailed it. Right. Like this is all his stick. I mean, like for all of the the meta and the music and the playing with genre and stuff that they're doing okay. like this is this is this is relying very heavily on on not just robert downey jr but on cranking him up and letting him go which no one yeah. had really done for a while and people it turns out really fucking like when he's cranked up and let yeah, go man. which is i think why people feel strongly about this movie people just like robert downey jr if, if rob morrow played harry lockhart <laughs> we all would have turned it off or Rob Morrow. <laughs> hey, he, he showed up on, on the most recent episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, okay. or one of the most recent, and was, and was quite good. But no, you're, you're totally right. I mean, no offense, Rob. but No, no, you're right. Like Patrick Wilson shows up, and we're not going to have a good time. Yeah. yeah, this was Shane Black's <laughs> first director's effort. Uh, yeah. Was it? Yeah. 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 Uh, he wrote everything else, but this was the first time he sat in the main chair. All right. And you, yeah. you really couldn't. I mean, for a first-time director, I know he'd already been a veteran of Hollywood. Uh, yeah. I think he does a really solid job. It's it's got good pacing. That you know, I always complain about pace a lot, but this movie's paced pretty darn well. There's not a lot of lulls in it. Do you guys think otherwise? No, I, I agree. I no. think you're right. I, I think this feels it doesn't feel like a freshman effort. No, definitely Fuck. not. God damn it. it! You know what it reminded me a lot of, Travis? And I'm gonna get it. some pushback on from you. <laughs> what? It reminded me a lot of the. Under the Silver Lake. Oh, well, okay. I could see that. I mean, it's it's L.A. Noir. Yeah, so that like, makes sense. Like slacker protagonist gets involved in convoluted plot in L.A. and like funny shit happens. I thought, but I I, I like I I gotta say I like Under the Silver Lake quite a bit more. Um, but but for a lot of the same reasons for for playing with the the L.A. film noir genre for going in places I wouldn't expect it to go. Um, for being surprisingly funny with uh, a a, a kind of like a, with a role with a character that's got some major personality flaws um yeah no now that you say that i'm not going to push back at all I, I think there's a lot of uh similarities to be made the the first um uh movie that i thought of watching it though was uh sunset boulevard boulevard with that pretty obvious homage at the beginning he's standing over the pool oh yeah narrating yeah. and, right. and all yep. that i'm like oh yeah okay i know where we are right uh, now also <laughs> the hard way with james woods yes oh my God. i thought of that way. too I totally thought of that too. Wow, the hard, oh, way. hard way. The hard way. I, I hadn't seen that movie since I watched it at Corey's house in 1991 on VHS. That was oh, awesome. I've seen yeah, it so many fucking times. I haven't seen it since. Wow, I've seen it That's... so many times. I, I I got a decent Stephen Lang impression, but I won't. It's do a Michael it now. J. Fox movie that never gets mentioned. That's pretty wild. It's a good one. Call it. That's a good. That's, a good that's an that's an excellent reference. Did you know that? Uh, Harrison Ford was going to play Gay Perry, <laughs> or they wanted him to. Really? Can you imagine that. <laughs> um, I, I actually kind of can, and it really? also, yeah, and it also makes sense um, a little bit. Um, I mean, because I think Ford was just kind of starting to get to the point where he was, that was like right around when he did like Firewall, I think, and that kind of shit, where like uh. his career was starting to really stall out, kind of like Val Kilmer's had, and he needed some kind of shift 
in terms of uh, how, you know, the kind of movies that he was doing, which he didn't really do. He just actually just kind of pulled back and like, I'm going to show up every now and then and break a leg every time I make a movie. What uh, lies beneath? Uh, yeah, well, that was a, that was a bit of a turn. That was a bit of a turn. For oh, him, okay. but, that, but that was 20 years ago. That's, um, that would have been a weird. That would have been. This would have a different film, in my opinion. But uh, I, okay, oh, yeah. you kind of talked me into it as well. It would make sense why he'd want to do that and why the studios want him because he's Harrison Ford. But uh, the one other thing I want to mention about this is uh, the this is an L.A. movie, and I guess I get bothered sometimes when movies are like so L.A. Now I know this movie is also making fun of L.A. too, so yeah. I do appreciate some of that. But uh, I, I don't know why that bothers me, but it's like, L.A., L.A., Hollywood. There's a whole world outside of L.A., you know that. And <laughs> it's a small point. It's a small point. Well, me. no, you're right. The movie like the movie acts like all, all that matters is New York and L.A. And then there's like one joke about Midwesterners not, not being able to handle swear words. Like, dude, like, I don't I know a lot of Midwesterners. We are Midwesterners. We swear constantly. So, yeah, fucking A we do. <laughs> all three of us. Fuck. Shit! Fuck Paul, it! Cock. Fuck you! <laughs> I don't know. Um, that's a small point. So, I, um, a, a gay guy and a, a gay private detective in L.A. is like, so, like so hush hush. Like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? Like, part of me thinks that maybe Val Kilmer was trying to pay, play this, like, play the role as if he was trying to be more masculine around other people. But another part of me actually thinks Val is a little bit stiff in this role. Mm. I I, I, I uh, like the lines and stuff, but yeah. he's a little bit stiff for me in this. I might have preferred someone someone with a little more spunk. I see it. I fucking love Val Kilmer, but he's, I don't know, he just is a little stiff for me. I see what you're saying, but the fact that, okay, he's a gay character, and the fact that he is so stiff, I actually commend them for that because it's so fucking easy for these people to draw up these gay characters as being, yeah, yeah, you know, flamboyant and all that stuff. So it's not a huge, it's not like, hey, I bow down before you and give you all of my love for doing that, but damn it, at least they just showed a gay character as someone who's just very reserved. He's a reserved dude. How about, um, what did you think or what did you... How do you feel about the end when um, Perry limps into the old man's bedroom with a gun? Yeah. And then smacks the old man across the face a couple times and then leaves. Like, how are we supposed to feel about that scene? Do you, or how did you feel about the scene? What do you guys yeah, think? I thought the same thing you thought. He had the gun in there, but he decides it's better to just smack him around and let him know that people know that this he is a scumbag and he has to live with it. Ah, the the character hints earlier of an abusive past. He says his father used to beat him in Morse code. Oh, yeah. yeah. Another one of those tongue-in-cheek things. So if you were to show me maybe two or three scenes of just that character living his own life instead of just this one time at the very end, he gets his (laughs) kind of his own scene, it would have made more of an impact. That's a good point. There's no other, there's every other scene that he's in in this movie. It's because Robert Downey Jr. is in the scene. Yeah. Um, that's the only time that we get alone time with Perry really. And, and he, and what he does is like this weird half measure where he doesn't kill the guy and he, but, but like, but he beats him and it's like, well, I don't know, dude. I mean, yeah, he's a molester, but now you're, now you're beating up a a man in hospice. Like what we like, 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 I I don't know. Like, it's like, just fucking shoot him. I'd rather you shoot him. Shoot the old defenseless man in the face, then punch ah. him in his face. <laughs> well, you're a you're a different bird. I will say that. I am, okay, I'm I, a wild child. 
<laughs> I mean, the guy's a scumbag. We get it. Doesn't kill him. It does seem odd. In fact, the whole like closing of this movie is just kind of clunky. And I know, like you said, they had to have those yeah. scenes, but it's just like, okay. No, it's clunky. Before, <laughs> it's okay. yeah, it's clunky. But like all of this like fourth wall stuff, especially that end credits like fun get, it seems very TV to me. Like I can very picture TV. like end cre- like Seinfeld end credits, like one last stinger before and I think it kind of pr- thinks that it's like the no one has ever broken the fourth wall. No one's ever <laughs> fucked with narration. People have been doing that since Sunset Boulevard when Joe Gillis is talking about how he's looking at himself dead. Like this is yeah. yes. And this really bothers me. It's not a big deal, probably to a lot of people, because it's a fucking movie. But the ridiculous way that magical Harry suddenly kills everyone by hanging from the corpse. Uh, of a fucking human being from the overpass on a freeway with point blank precision shots. I'm like, this is jump the shark, man. I mean, no, you guys did the fourth wall and you were having fun out here, but this is ridiculous. This is beyond a lethal weapon parody. It's absurd. He goes, he goes from like uh, in shock to where he can't shoot anyone to like, he's yes. fucking Jason Bourne here and like he's dropping yes. onto the roof. He's spinning around. Yeah. He's shooting this guy. He's shooting that guy. Like he can't like, be ignored. Sudden, that cannot be. Ignored. All of a sudden he's like, he's a trained killer. And it's like, well, where did this guy come from? <laughs> and it's not good for the arc either. If you're starting out as a, a thief and an immoral person to wind up as a trained, executed, confident and joyful killer is fucked. <laughs> I know they're trying to, Holler, you know, go harken back to the beginning where they show him and the magical thing as kids, and Dumb. Harmony's the girl in the box. He's a magician, right? Well, look, he finally fulfilled his destiny of being a magician with a gun, and he saved Harmony, yeah. who's saying the right. same lines oh, that she God. says at the beginning of the movie as a child, like, "Oh, save me from this plate." <sighs> also, did you really try to force this, Black? It doesn't work. Did parents in the seventies often let their kids play with chainsaws? Yes, they did, and they still beat them uh, instantly for oh, yeah. crying, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for laughs. Yeah, that's supposed to be funny too. It's like, man, I like black comedy again, but you could still do some fucked up shit without it being like too fucked up to not be funny. But I, I, I don't know why I, they lost me when he was hanging from that body. It really that, bothered that, me. That was a bathroom break moment without pause for me. <laughs> I, that was the climax of the movie, Eric. <laughs> I got to the bathroom. I didn't even hit pause. Wow. Uh, should we mention Corbin Burnson at all? He's in this movie. I was going to say, like, what, what dirt did he have on some producers, especially Joel Silver, for, to get this role? <laughs> I think they just needed someone who looked decrepit now, who they had footage of from before. Yeah. What was that from? I, was, I, I kept that was obsessing over that for like a half um, hour. What was he on? Hill Street Blues? What was he on? Um, LA, LA Law. Law. LA Law. Yeah, but th- that was a lawyer LA show. Law. I was like, what is this movie? I got to find this footage. Um, <laughs> hey, Mike no, you don't. Uh, I did like, yeah, like, uh, yeah, I, part of me was bothered. Part of me was like, okay, it's film noir. Every single character that's introduced throughout the movie has a role to play from Flicka to Corbin Birdson, like to people that end up as corpses. Um, yeah, that's, that was something also yeah. happening. Uh, oh my God. Okay. We've been doing this. Anything else guys? Uh, we're almost to that point on the show. Larry Fishburne voiced that dumbass cartoon bear. Like, oh, I eat fish heads. What do I know? Oh, really? Really? That was Larry Fishburne? <laughs> you know, the last line of this movie is, I suck the heads off fish. I wrote that down. It's the last line of the movie. I suck <laughs> the heads off fish. Yeah. Hey, did you catch the ringtone in this movie? Huh? <laughs> 
It happened once or twice. So that oh, was yeah, Harry's yeah. ringtone, right? Yeah. yeah. Were they trying to say in a really cliched Hollywood, know nothing, ballless way that like Harry is a closet homosexual? Hmm. Oh, I didn't think about why? it like that. What was the ringtone? I will survive. Like Gloria Gaynor's, like uh, it's basically like YMCA or a no, I, know, I know the song. I just couldn't remember what it was in the movie. Um, uh, that wasn't Perry's. Yeah, no, maybe it was hurt. Perry's phone. Actually, yeah. he takes it out of Perry's pocket when she calls the last time when they're late on the overpass. It's inconsequential, but yeah, I shoved it down my throat. It is an eye roller. I agree. Um. Should we make the rounds? We, I mean, yeah, let's make the rounds. Uh, Eric, you chose this movie. Lead us off, buddy. Yeah, I did, man. I, I I liked it back in the day, mostly because I missed Robert Downey Jr. being where he belongs uh, on the big screen, and I loved Val Kilmer. Plus, I I miss Shane Black, and uh, I was proud of Hollywood for taking a chance, even though it's a fifteen million dollar budget on this type of material. Never see that nowadays. Because it wouldn't make any money. And Shane Black's films never make money. You just but, referenced Under the Silver Lake. Well, that's not, that's David <laughs> Robert. But well, that's like, a, un, unless you have like a million dollar budget, like, like Mitchell. Uh, okay. I mean, the title, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, unless you don't know, it's an in joke started by Pauline Kale about how like dumb movie audiences, all they want from their movies is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Kiss the Girl, Shoot Somebody. And when you strip away the slick, slick cleverness of this movie, uh, it's basically just that and nothing more. Fast food, romance, cheap, glossy action, but smug bickering and like gotcha banter that tries to masquerade as <laughs> meta and meaningful. But, you know, I just don't know what to say here. Uh, it, for me, it doesn't hold up uh, in 2021. It was kind of refreshing in 2005. But when you step back and look back, I can't I can't really promote the film right now. Mm. OK, then. Well, there it is. Straight from your mouth. Travis, you want to go next? Sure. Um, there's a scene in this movie where they reference, where this girl says that she's an actor, and for like a half a second, you see her topless getting then beheaded by a werewolf. Um, <laughs> I respect this movie for having that kind of cutaway. I think the movie needed more cutaways like with werewolves. Um, sure. In fact, had there been more werewolves in this movie, I bet I would have really loved it. Um but what I mean by that is that I do think there's some weird kind of goofy, interesting, fun things that happen throughout this movie. Um, but at the, but as you say, Eric, this is his directorial debut and he uses it to like work through some shit. And frankly, when directors are yeah. working through shit about how they feel about the industry, they seldom make movies anyone but them want to watch. Right. Um, but that's not the case with this one because this is a beloved movie. I mean, people love this movie uh 7.5 is no yeah. joke um the, the the reaction on social media when we said we were going to do this was high people are going to watch this episode or listen to this episode and be disappointed by what we have to say i think because a lot of people really like this movie but i think a lot of, the, of those people probably are doing like i did where i watched it in 2005 and went this is a damn fine movie didn't watch it again and just kind of was walking around operating under the assumption that this is still a good movie but I gotta say, after sitting down and watching it last night, I, I I think you hit the nail on the head, Eric. This was this was refreshing and new and cool in two thousand five, but now like there's, it's got that whole Joe Dirt thing we talked about, where it's just there's so much 
relentless homophobic kind of banter, which I know it's trying to actually be forward thinking, and maybe it was at the time in some ways, but now um, its treatment of its gay and female characters, I just, I just, I, I, I couldn't, I just fucking couldn't. Um, so I, I laughed, you know, a lot. And again, like Robert Downey Jr. is a prince. I, I, I do love to see him get to go off like this, and I really respect and appreciate this movie for the role that it. Um, had and and bringing him into as iron man into our lives uh but yeah i gotta say this doesn't this 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 did not hold up for me it doesn't hold up wow michael there it is um uh by the way i forgot we didn't mention this but this was referenced to a story but it was did you guys look this up like the book this was based on was it anything or was it oh i didn't i didn't look the book so like is based from on like the mid 50s the direct oh plot. jesus Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it was weird. Yeah, it was partly based on a book. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, partly based on uh, you'll the you'll find them where the bodies are. Right. Exactly. Like Anyways, uh, I don't know what that was. I know that this is a slick ass movie that really puts its tongue into its cheek, and I do love that kind of stuff. I do. But there's something empty about this movie that doesn't draw me in particularly, and I'm still not sure what it is. Because uh, I I could be totally down for a non-emotional, just free-for-all of chaos, which right. that's not always the case, as we said. Downey gets emotional, and there are tender moments, and there's hardcore shit that happens to people that is terribly traumatic. The bottom line is, does the movie hold up? And when I see this film, it's the fact that it just leans so hard into the endless gay jokes. It's hard to ignore because it's almost like every other scene is about it. And it's hard for to forget real. that. And I know that, like, they don't think they mean any harm by it, but it's just cheesy, tacky. Uh, it's not funny. That's the other key thing, too. Mm. It's supposed to be funny, not funny. <laughs> and, yes, everybody loves Robert Downey Jr. I love Val Kilmer in this performance. I really do. He is a big part of the movie for me. But that's just not enough to say that uh, it holds up. I do not believe this film holds up. So. Wow. Wow. Uh, I think we're going to have some disappointed Jeez. listeners on this one. Three but doesn't hold up on a 7.5. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're listening and you've not watched it in a while and you think that we're wrong and you think that we're crazy, I suggest yes. you go back and give it another watch and 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 with the with a critical eye, you know, cuz and again, I'm not I don't think any of us are saying this movie has no value and that it's like not remotely entertaining, although Eric did get up to go to the bathroom at the climax. Um <laughs> I think that, you know, it just it just doesn't hold up by the standards of today. Yes, sir. That's fair to say. I think it's a really important point. Go back and check it out if you haven't seen it in a long time before you rip us to shreds or you email the show, send them an iPod at protonmail.com and say, you guys are dicks. You ruined my childhood. <laughs> so, and again, if you watch this as a child, that's also kind of bizarre. So. We watch more fucked up movies than this as children. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, we totally <laughs> did that. So. Okay, uh, well, thank you, guys. The next week's show will be my selection, so it's time for me All right. to make a choice. Sure. It's time for me to consult the list. The oh, yeah. This list is so long, by the way. It's like oh, 60 boy. movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you, are you deciding right now? Yeah, I guess I am deciding right now. I, I think I had something. I was pretty confident I wanted to do one. Uh, I'm just double-checking before I announce it. Because right. last year, I wanted to do it, and somehow I got talked out of it. So we're going to do it this time. <laughs> We talked we'll about it. 
Yes, or I allowed myself <laughs> to be talked out of it. Okay. Uh, we're going back Wait. to 2005 again, the same year. Back-to-back wow. -back right. years. We're doing it. We're doing Ryan Reynolds and Amy Smart and oh Just Friends. God. We're doing it. It's a holiday film. Like it. It's the holidays this year. So let's see what happens. All right. Just Friends. All right. Good call. Just Friends. Uh, no, I, for some I reason, mean, I'm picking movies with Christopher Marquette in it. That's too straight. With the dude from The Girl Next Door, he plays his brother in this one. So. That's funny. But, you know, you love this movie, so if we don't, like, your feelings might be hurt. That's fine. I, I'm not yeah. Eric. I can live with it. It's okay. okay. So you mean I, you're not, I'm not me. I'm, I'm the one who gets really upset, let's be honest. I want to find out, but I really want to find out if it holds up, because I'm not sure if it does or not. So that's why I'm bringing oh. it to the table. So It's not in right. heavy rotation? When's the last time you watched it? I think uh, we watched... Actually, yeah, I did watch it a month ago. That's true. <laughs> really? But I hadn't seen it before that in a little bit. I took a break. I took a moratorium. So, yeah. Well, Leanne never saw it. I wanted her to see it. That's why. I watched it. That was the only reason. I didn't watch it by myself. It was not a solo watch. This is that one I keep doing a easy, hard pass on where he's got like the fat face. That's yeah, he wears five yes. minutes of the, of the movie. Like it's Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it. you'll see. So you're telling me the rest is just regular Ryan Reynolds? Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> Anna Ferris, Ryan Reynolds, Amy Smart. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. Uh I think it's on Netflix too, so it should be easy access. I think it's on Netflix. All right. Well, I don't have Netflix, but I feel like that's true. We'll find out. Yeah, just yeah. friends. So uh next week we'll do just friends, and the week after that we'll have Derek on from Pop Goes Your World. Check out the podcast. It's a really good pod. It's got a Gen X guy and a millennial talking about pop culture from the different eras. It's a really clever idea. It's a well done podcast. So give Derek and Chris your time on pop. Goes your world. Give him a review. Give him a five star review. Don't even listen to the show. Give him a five star review. Just go blind. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right, that's it. Uh, I think we're done, right? I believe we're done. Yes, I, I've got no uh, no lines from this movie. I want to quote on the way out the door, though. I got to be honest. With you. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, for Travis Roy, Eric Bresham, I'm Michael Gobier. Ta ta. I prefer Gennaro. Hey.